Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Creative Contact. I'm your host, Kia Orion, the man who is a... Wow. It's almost second nature by now. It's almost It feels so natural, right? It's almost like it's autopilot. I can't even say that anymore. I'm not obsessed with teaching you how to make... I'm still obsessed with making great music, but not like I was. Not obsessed with teaching you how to make great music, not like I was. I've actually been looking into selling my beat school online business, and... It's been a long time coming, but I think it's time to pivot, y'all, and I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling good about it, and that's what I want to share with you guys this week is where I'm at, what am I getting into, where's my head at. There are certain things that I've been, that have been on my mind, certain things I'm getting into that are powerful, and those are a couple things I want to talk to you about, kind of where I'm at, what I'm up to, as well as I saw Avatar 2 last night. I want to talk to you about that. And I also want to give you a little life update in Rio. So we got a couple of things that we're going to jump into. The first one being this, something that's been on my mind recently is pushing myself, really challenging myself. How can I feel this transition from being a boy to a man? I think this can manifest a lot of different ways, but... Because of I've been reading a lot about masculinity, I think maybe being a little bit insecure in my masculinity and in my sensitivity and these certain things, it's just been on my mind a lot. I, I read this book called King Warrior, Magician Lover. I think I might even talk about it in the last pod. I made a video about it. It will be coming out soon for the YouTube channel. And so it's just been something that kind of bouncing around in my mind is I wonder if I ever became a man. I feel like a part of me never grew up. And I wrote a poem about it that I'm going to attach to that piece that there's we used to have rituals right it was like you'd go out kill a lion or go out go do on this vision quest of you know if you can survive this thing with some sort of a challenge something to really push you test your boundaries and we've lost that and i think that that's why there are ritualistic behaviors around going from a boy to a man that are still very potent and oftentimes not very healthy. I think these often manifest in like fraternity hazing. I think these manifest in gangs, gang initiations. I think this exists in the military. It can be powerful to have that initiation and to feel like there are men you look up to and respect who are now like kind of knighting you, like, yes, you are now worthy. But in it's that approval seeking that I think can often ha- lead to very insecure men then having power over other men. Getting off on a tangent here, but I've been thinking about this for myself, and I think it's because I never had that transition. I'm not the most masculine guy. I have things that I do that I'd say are more traditionally masculine. I have things that I think I do that are very traditionally feminine. It's this kind of mixture of energies, and, and that might be partially, I've been just digging into this idea, why I'm. it's hard for me to commit to a woman or a place or like it's hard for me to commit to anything because it still feels like I'm like am I ready yet like have I grown up yet and that's the crazy part is I have right like it's like I look in the mirror now and 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 it's not it's like I'm I'm a man now and I'm not sure when the transition happened it kind of snuck up on me and that's what this whole piece is about is like how do I for myself define what a man is how do I for myself define where that transition was what it means to be a man for Kia not what society tells me other people tell me, how can I define what that is? 
And in doing so, I still often, I think, brush up against these more traditional structures in place around what is supposed to be traditionally masculine. And I end up feeling in, inadequate in a lot of ways, whether it's, you know, the the ability to build things or fix things and tinkering, engineering, and all these things that I think we often, construction, right? all these things we typically, oh, that's a, that's a man. He's just doing that. Not always, of course, but I know I'm going to get into some really deep water into this and people are going to hate me for it, but this is just Keith's perspective on, I think, these traditional masculine, traditionally feminine things. Not saying it's for everybody, of course. I'm hedging it with that, but for myself, seeing these things, that for myself, I'm like, would those things make me more of a man? And the reason I'm diving into this is because there's this ritual called a vision quest. And I'm pretty sure they're from Mexico. They're originated from Mexico. But back in the days, the, this ritual, this vision quest would be what would be young boys would do to prove that they were becoming a man. It was a ritual kind of to say, okay, you did this. It's a rites of passage. And I think that's kind of what we're missing in these day and age. And when I say we, I don't know about everybody, but I know for myself. I think a lot of men turn to the military for this, and sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. But for me, I realized I want that ritual so that I can be like, okay, Kia, we did it. I think sometimes if you have a kid, right, then it's like you you got to step it up and and that maybe be, you be, you take on some of those masculine, more manly traits of fatherhood. <clears throat> and so I found a vision quest. I actually didn't even find it. It's more like it found me. I have some friends, some dear friends in Medellin who are part of this plant medicine community. And there's this rad medicine lady, her name's Abuela Gloria, and I did my first Temezcal ceremony with her, and I did a podcast, I'm pretty sure, on that. It's like a, it's a, sweat, it's a, it's a sweat lodge, also, I think, from Mexican tradition, and it's intense, hot rocks, you're in there. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a battle of your mind. Not dissimilar to ayahuasca, but she holds these vision quests, and I'm not sure if they're once a year or twice a year, but they're not super often. And when I heard about it at first, I was like, no way. I could do that by myself. Why would I pay somebody to do that? But it's four days, four nights, out in the woods, nothing much more than the clothes on your back and a sleeping bag, and fasting. No food, no water. Four days, four nights, out in the woods. And at first, I was like, dude, I could... I'm." I was raised in the woods. Like my dad's a super hippie man. Like I could go out and just like next time I go home, be like, hey, pops, I'm going out to the woods for four days. Like if I don't come back on the fourth, like come out and check on me. But I wanted the tradition piece to go along with this, with a boy la gloria, where you start with a Temescal ceremony, you spend a night camping out under the stars with tents and everything, and then you go out, you have your vision quest, you come back. There are these traditions around it that I wanted to be a part of, as well as doing it with this group of guys that I really look up to. And so a spot opened up, and I signed up maybe a week or two ago, and it's on the 2nd of January, so new year, new me type shit. But I realized it's the first time in a long time I'm genuinely scared. I was scared before I jumped into the ayahuasca the last time I did it, couple weeks ago, I actually did a video, just post a video about that if you want the whole ayahuasca breakdown. And it was when I went into the ceremony the second time, it was out at this really rad retreat center out here in Brazil. And my, I did it with my buddy Spencer. He's the one who set it up. It was with this tribe called the Yawanawa from the Amazon jungle. He's drank with them for like 10 days out in the Amazon. But they were coming to this place not too far from Rio. It's a really rad retreat center. And I was like, cool, yeah, let's do it. 
I did it once. It was a hard experience. I was like, I think I can handle it again. Soon, so we get to this retreat center. They have a little gift shop, like different things, little trinkets and things you can buy. We're killing time before a ceremony. We go into the gift shop and they're burning this incense. It's like this specific smell that I've only smelled during the ceremony, the first ayahuasca ceremony. And it hits me like a ton of bricks. Like my whole body clenches up. It's almost like I have this like immediately physical reaction. It's almost like PTSD. And it's like my whole body clenches up. I get waves of nausea. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like we're doing this thing again. I was like, oh, my God. And I like panicked a little bit. I'm not sure if Spencer can notice. He probably did. He's pretty astute, like pretty astute dude. But we were in the gift shop and I was like, uh, I was like, I got to go. And just like bounced. I was like, I got to go like do some deep breathing. I got to really kind of get centered because I started to get scared again. I was like, oh man, like the, uh, my first experience with Ayahuasca, like she dragged me into some deep waters and I was like, I don't know if we're, I didn't know how it was going to go. And so that was the last time I'd say I was truly scared. Like really, it's hard to describe, but you know it, there's this fear that's in you when you really start to question it makes you really question what you're made of and that can be a beautiful place to be it's a difficult place to be but it's also one that i think you really learn a lot about yourself when you're in those places and that's why i do those things it's a it's a practice in how to how to deal with with that feeling and the mental warfare that goes into it and so this i feel like is going to be one of those things too i feel like this is going to be mental warfare Especially you get three days in, you're wondering, am I dying? Uh, you know, you're covered in bites, you're wet. It's like you're hung, you know, you're starting to be like, is this the right decision? You know, you're starting to like weird things that haven't come up before, you know, it's isolated. So you're, I know my brain is going to go to some strange places, but I'm also excited for that because in doing so, I think it's one of the powerful things about this. Every meal that I eat now, between now and then, it's happened for the last week. Knowing that I've signed up, cash, paid for it, lodging is made. Every meal is valuable now because it fe- it's in contrast to knowing that I won't have it soon. And there's something kind of beautiful about that, that this deep gratitude about this thing that I know is like ever looming just makes every meal really special. And the same goes, actually, right now, as I'm speaking, I have a headache because yesterday I got into a, I don't spar anymore. I promised myself not to spar for this exact reason, but I got into some like partner drills with my coach and then we ended up getting, getting some like light sparring and he knocked me around enough that again, I have a headache today from our session yesterday. And I was like, Kia, stop doing this thing. And it just made me grateful today so grateful that I don't have headaches more often I'm like this is such a crappy feeling like having a headache is just the worst everything like the sun like light is you're sensitive to light and sound and it's just like it's hard to think about anything else and I was just wrote in my journal this morning when I had this headache and I was like it's so nice not having more headaches like I'm so grateful for that and I think just the pain for me is something that just helps me appreciate life more helps me really be grateful for things and so that's something that it's coming up that I'm excited about, scared about, and know that um, on the other end, you know, this is one of those things I'm going into it. I'm setting my parameters for quitting before I go into it. And my parameters for quitting are just that it's not an option. I think there's sometimes I'm like, yeah, this is something I could quit. And it's good to know those parameters beforehand. With my YouTube channel, for example, I'm like, okay, I could quit if it gets to this point, but I'm doing it for a year. I'm committing to it 
cool, I'm in it. This is one where I'm like, there's not an option for me to quit. Like I'm, we're in or we're out. It's kind of binary, black and white, right? That's what I do. Gemini shit, yin yang shit. Well, you're doing it or you're not. And there's something about that that to me is really powerful to just be like, to know that there is no going back. That once you're in it, there's never like retreating from the tunnel. You just go through it and that's the only option that makes it for me. I know I'm going to need that mental resilience, I think, going into this thing because I know it's going to start fucking with me a couple days in and you know being out in nature i mean i was raised in the woods but i'm not a super naturey guy so that stuff sometimes messes with me a little bit like bites from scorpions and that sort of shit cockroach you know what i mean like those those things fuck with me a little bit so i'm 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 a little nervous i'm going to be honest but i'm also excited to prove to myself that i'm the man i know i am and to really to brush up against my limits because you don't know what your limits are until you until you, until you meet them and that's how you learn how to push past them so that's been on my mind. It's hard for me to even like enjoy sometimes the day-to-day right now because I, that's ever looming and it's still kind of like on the back of my mind. So um, I went to the Avatar last night, the new one, and even the bathroom between – I like had to pop because it's key. I pee all the time. I had to like pop out one point to go pee and in the, you know, I'm like, this is a really great experience. And then in my mind, I'm like, I've got that vision quest in two weeks. And it's just like – it'll just like sneak up on me like – Sometimes the first thing I think about in the morning, the last thing I think about before going to bed is like, oh, damn, like we're one day close to really doing this thing. And I know it's not the end. It's not like the hardest thing ever, but to me, I know it'll be challenging. And so I'm, I'm just genuinely, um, I, I'm genuinely scared and excited. And it's that fine line between those two that I think will be interesting. So I've been meditating a lot, just working right now, journaling, just getting my mind right, setting some intentions, really trying to figure out, you have four days. It's not a long time, not a short time either. What do I want to div- like? What do I want to dig into? Where do I want to do some deep dives? And this will pivot nicely into. Um, I want to talk about the Avatar thing, but well, maybe we'll because we're talking about nature. We'll do Avatar, and then we'll jump into the the, the diving into things. We'll we'll finish up with that. Quick Avatar two review. Loved it. Made me think a lot more about nature. Made like was pretty. Uh, convincing reason to go vegan like it was really powerful I was bawling like a baby it fucked me all the way up super beautiful movie just the way it's shot is gorgeous it also makes me realize like I'm not um, I'm not invincible to cliches like so many cliches in the movie and I fell for all of them cried at all of them there's something about I've said this time and time again between the visuals and the music that just oh, cracks me open like an egg I just kind of spill out like it's yeah that thing had me raw been thinking about it a lot today too powerful powerful movie on family and friendship and earth and fatherhood it was just really cool and um Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Tear jerker. Bring your Kleenex. Be curious y'all's take on it. That's a key avatar to review. Now diving back in, speaking of nature, to the um, to the vision quest thing. Questions, things that I want to dive into. I've been, because of this kind of transition in my life right now, I've been 
really thinking about where I want to take these next steps. What sort of a career do I want to have now? Like, what is even an option? What's available? Do I go back to school? Do I just start something and roll with it? Like, really open my mind up to everything that's available to me. And something that's been kind of jumping out at me recently, doing this YouTube channel, is the writing. Like, really loving writing the poems. Also have been enjoying the writing, the academic piece. It's not academic per se, but you know, reading the research papers, reading these books, and then doing these outlines and delivering them to YouTube, as well as short story writing. Just the writing piece in general has been very exciting. And I think the more that I think about it, the more I'm kind of falling in love with this idea of writing, toying with the idea of maybe spending this next year just working on a lot of writing and then maybe applying for an MFA program or something. I'm still kind of figuring that out, what it would look like. I'm not sure what it would go for. Like maybe poetry, but love writing poetry. I also love this idea of short stories. There's something about real life and mining real life and details and these things about just short stories that I find really fascinating, kind of tied with the memoir piece a bit. I'm not super interested in fantasy right now or some like long thriller novel or anything. But I like the idea of these like little vignettes of life that help me notice the details. And the more I think about writing, the more excited I get. Because something you can do in perpetuity, it's not like being a dancer or a rapper or something where after a while you kind of get washed, you know, you can write in perpetuity. There's a zero investment cost. I don't need to buy a bunch of equipment or anything or lug it around with me. You can do it from anywhere. And it's exciting. I just realized I've never really learned. I've learned academic writing. Like I've never learned about other writing, creative writing, of course, lyrics, songwriting, but it's different than poetry. And it's poetic in the ways that it rhymes as structure. But to me, poetry is kind of its own beast. And then narrative, creative nonfiction to me is really exciting, but I've never done it before. And so that's been taking a lot of my time is learning that, writing a lot of that, reading books on it, and just trying to find if they're like online classes and trying to find online writing workshops and things where I could dedicate more time to this because I think that could be a cool new phase for me. I'm I'm still toying with it, but that's kind of been the most exciting piece for me. I think there's a the struggle in life that I have is wanting to be more extroverted as an introvert. And because of that, there's this rigidness to me, right? The the robot piece, the discipline piece, the wake up at this time, go to bed at blah blah blah. And it's not because I feel like I have to stick the routine, but it's because the routine makes me happy. A lot of these things, going out, spending all night out, going out drinking, dancing, etc., going to shows and stuff, they don't bring me a lot of joy. I'm sensitive in my old age, and there can be a lot of stimulation. I feel like they can be fun, but they, I find them often more draining than, than giving me energy. And so my balance in, in this life, I feel like my kind of life journey is how am I... It's, it's a journey of self-acceptance, I think my journey is, of like wanting to be human and not feeling like one. And my friend, who I love dearly, he's also a coach, his name is Brandon, he told me he had this quote and he says, I feel like an alien trapped in human skin. And to me, that just resonated so much because I was like, dude, I was like, you, I was like that's it, man. I feel like I'm an alien trapped in human skin. And in doing so, I think that's one one way that I think eventually once I learn the craft of writing, I think it would be a great asset because I just being 
feeling perpetually on the outside, I feel like I'm a, I have a real keen sense of awareness of what human interaction looks like. I feel like I'm very hyper aware of other people's feelings and, and interactions and, and haven't mastered that yet, of course, but a lot of things I think people take for granted, I feel like is almost like I'm able to see it because it, it feels foreign to me or it's something that I want to do. And so I say, oh, look at the way this person's doing these things. That looks, I'd love to do that to be able to enjoy doing those things. I think a lot of people are just kind of on autopilot that it just happens naturally and they like to do these things and it's fun. And so I've been thinking about that a lot recently. If it's like, it's not that like my 10 o'clock bedtime, it's like I have to stick to it because if I don't, I turn to a pumpkin, I'm happy to break the bedtime. It's just a lot of the things that are past the bedtime don't make me happy. And I wish they did. And that's the catch. It's not that they don't. It's that they don't and I want them to. And that is where the tension comes from because that is the lack of self-acceptance. I think if I could say they don't, cool, I'm over it. I'm waking up at 545 and then going out and doing my thing in the morning and just being okay with that, fine. That's perfect. That's that's what I'm striving for. I think for me where I get caught is – for the most part, I'm 10 and that's kosher and that's cool. But there's still that part of me that see that like people that are out and dancing and drinking and having fun and it like that almost feels like a, like a critical piece to human life a lot of times of all these things that happen after bedtime for your boy. Or even just in other ways that sometimes a little bit more rigid and straight edge that I want to be able to enjoy those things. And the fact that those things are often so hollow or so unpleasant is what I think throws me for a loop. And then I wonder, where did I go wrong? Because this feels like I, I should be enjoying these things. This is what humans have been doing. This is what humans, this is what people do. Same often, I was talking to my buddy Spencer about this recently with, with women. It's almost like I want to have my cake and eat it too or whether it's like matching with online dating or approaching certain women that you know like aren't great for you, but you still want to try to make it work rather than just saying these in this box, in this circle are the people that are probably a great fit for me. And it's probably like a very small percentage of people rather than being like all of these women that I'm super into and attracted to that probably aren't great for me that I'm still into and then try to pursue and then get disappointed for some reason when it doesn't. And that I think is this, this life lesson, this journey that I'm on of becoming human, right? Being an alien in this human skin. And because of that, as, as on this journey to becoming human, I notice a lot of these things and, and, these observations about just human nature that I find fascinating or interesting or inspiring. And I think that if I could take those things and articulate them in the right way, in the right medium, I think they would really resonate. I've had this podcast for years, haven't really been able to do anything with it. It's almost just more like an audio diary. Music career never went anywhere because I I couldn't play the game. I didn't want to play the game. 
the things I was just talking to you about before, right? The technical skills were there, all the, the skills of the game, the staying up late, shaking hands, kissing babies. I, I'm, I didn't fuck with that. And so music never went anywhere. And I'm wondering if maybe writing is the medium or the YouTube channel or something. I, I, think, I think I have a lot to offer and I haven't found the way, in what way to deliver it best yet still. In what way feels natural or in what way that resonates with people. And in what way for me that's sustainable. And so I think that writing might be one of those things because I've found I like the solitude of it. I also, I like the fact that it is, the barrier to entry is non-existent. I like the fact it's so portable. I like the fact that I can take time doing it, you know, and, and really there are these ideas that I have that I that I like to kind of think about and work through. I, I'm really vulnerable with philosophy and psychology and these things that a part of me is like really wants to go try to be like a scientist somewhere, but I don't think I'd f- like thrive in a lab. The, the same with the MFA. Like the, the biggest thing keeping me from applying for an MFA is I'm not sure if I want to live in the States for two years, like in this one place. Still figuring that out though. But there are just through this life, I continually am able to dial in these pieces of things that I really know and love and feel true to self. And then there are these other things that still feel very nebulous to me. And, um, I still struggle with to navigate. And a lot of them, I think just come naturally to people and maybe they don't. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I'm over, I'm overstepping here. And maybe a lot of people feel this way, but especially being here in Brazil, when it's like, it's just so social. Everybody's out. Everybody's topless. Everybody's gorgeous. But like everybody's like the night this place comes alive, you know, and it's like by night I'm like I'm in bed by 10, you know. And so it's it's that sort of duality that I'm that I'm up against. I still love it. I love the mornings here, you know, and, and the, the sunshine and being out. And I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a man that likes to be topless more often than not. So it's like it's just a beautiful um it's a beautiful place to be. Some flip-flops and shorts and like a hat and I'm good. A lot of people think I'm Brazilian. They come up and ask me directions for shit, which is kind of nice. And so there's, I'm really falling in love with it here, but there's a, there's price to consider, of course, but there's also this piece of just like wondering if home, if I'll ever find a place that feels like home or if at some point I just got to say, this is a home or this is my home for now, you know? And thinking about that, even with relationships, I've been, I've been reading a lot about relationships just because dating down here, it's so sexually charged, the culture of the city. I've been thinking more about just women and partners and uh, going on dates and things like that. And who do I want to, what type of partner do I want? So reading a lot of that, I have a lot of new pieces coming out around that stuff. I'm really excited to show you guys. But they say from the research, not to jump, not to put my nerdy science hat on, but just with the equation, I forget the way it breaks down, but it's like if you have a hundred candidates for a job, you don't want to hire the first ones. Like the first, if you say you've made a great candidate five, because you might have a great candidate at 95, but you hire too late and the first 60, 70, 80 have bounced already because they aren't waiting around that long for you to interview everybody else. And it turns out there's actually a math equation for this. I'm not super into math, but I'm into these life equations that pretty much it's like, I think it's like by the 37th person, you have enough experience of a sample size to know 
the best that you're going to get. And so it's like after the 37th person, like choose the next best, like that is your benchmark. Like choose the next best person that you encounter between 37 to 100 that resembles that rock star from the 37, those first 37. Like whoever that rock star is, like that's your benchmark. Shoot for that. Next time you find that, hire them. Same goes for relationships. They said at least for men between ages 18 to 40, same sort of, they applied the same equation and it was... By the time most men were 26, they had dated enough potential partners to be able to have the benchmark to make a good choice. You have enough experience that you can choose successfully who your next, who would be a good, you know who would be a good fit for you or not. You have one of the partners along that journey you have dated has been a potential great match for you. And you also had other ones, but you now have a benchmark to base off of. So date seriously the next person. Like find go like make a spreadsheet who you've dated, what their traits are. Find your benchmark, the next person that reminds you of X, Y, and Z. Give that person a serious shot. Thirty one. So obviously you have enough experience. And for some reason, it still feels like I'm like nah, but there's something better out there. Like what about this or that? When it's like, dude, there's. It's not about perfect. It's about finding the person you're actually willing to commit to, that you're willing to make it work for. And I'm excited because it, that, that gives me hope. that I'm like, okay, I already know. I already know. Now it's a personal choice for me to be able to commit to it. And that's also, I think, the magic too, is just making the choice. It's just making the choice. So that's Kia's Life in a Nutshell. We got... Things are making me scared. Uh, Vision Quest coming up. We got writing that I'm really excited about. We got life in Rio and afterwards. And that's why I'm still thinking India for this next year where after the Vision Quest stuff, I'm going to Mexico, going to do this really cool little photo street shoot vacation with my bro. It's going to be like a street shoot adventure. And then I'm thinking India for the year and just write my ass off. Keep working on the YouTube channel, but write my ass off and, and get an editor, find some sort of online writing workshop that I can be a part of, have people just rip into my stuff, learn how to write and create enough samples that I have enough maybe to apply for an MFA later down the line and see where the writing thing goes. Maybe it's not. Maybe I just create my own MFA and just like travel around and, and do my own thing. But um, it's been... It's been really exciting thinking about how I can tie in, you know, the visual arts with the writing and everything. Um, but uh, we got to see if I make it out of this vision quest alive first. So I'm going to write my will, I promise. We'll get to it. Hopefully I'll be able to uh, come with you guys a full rundown on that later on. I'm really excited if I can make it out of that bitch alive in one piece, making some content around it. So we'll check you then. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, I appreciate y'all. Means more than you know. Your check is in the mail. Check you in a minute. Peace.